Welcome to the My Key Needs Podcast, a podcast dedicated to MSPs. I'm Priscilla Alora Sharoop, co-founder and COO here at My Key. On this podcast, you'll have the opportunity to hear from experts in the field and thought leaders in the channel. So make sure to hit that subscribe button. Let's fly in. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another Mikey Meets. Super excited for this one. I can't wait to get going, actually. I'm just about to sit down and record this session with Austin McCord. Now, Austin, as I'm sure you all know, was the founder and CEO of Datto, which has been a part of a huge part, actually, of my MSP experience. So I can't wait to sit down and listen to a little bit about his story. Hope you enjoy. Right. Welcome, Austin. Thanks so much for taking the time to speak to us today. I know a lot of people like myself are very interested to hear hear from you at all times and see what you've been up to and what, what's happening. So before we get going, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself for those who don't know who Austin McCord is? Sure. So uh, I'm Austin McCord. I, I started uh, Datto right out of college, which is pretty well known in the MSP space. And I ran the company up until late 2018. Uh, and that was a journey. Uh, the first six years of running the business, I uh, did it with no outside capital. Uh, and it really just started from a basement and grew into a pretty wild thing. And as you know, uh, Data is a large uh, backup and security vendor in the MSP industry. Uh, and is currently a publicly listed company. And I sit on the board of Data, but I do not work there on a day-to-day basis anymore. Okay, well, um, that's great. And I think I guess that's one of the questions I wanted to ask is a little, I'm assuming that you didn't start with a dream as a young boy thinking I want to create a business continuity product for MSPs. So how did that seed of Datto begin? And tell us a little bit about the history of Datto, if you don't mind. Sure. So um, as a little kid, uh, what I wanted to be when I grew up was an inventor. Uh, and that was like always kind of my dream. I wanted to be somebody that, that makes things and invents new things that hadn't existed before. Um, and, uh, I, I went to college. I, I started as an electrical engineer and thought I was going to make like electronic stuff. Uh, and then it turns out like I was self-taught in a lot of electronic tinkering and things. And that was really not compatible with my studies. Um, cause I learned a lot of things the wrong way. And so then I switched to something that I didn't know very much about at all, which was bioinformatics. And that's using computers to sort of solve biological problems. But, um, I was basically like a, a bad student in that I never studied. Uh, and like all through high school, I was able to get stuff done just by not studying and kind of vaguely paying attention in class and I could get good grades. And uh, that skill set does not work uh, at university. And so um, ended up uh, having some pretty poor grades. And I thought that, oh, man, I'm, I'm not going to be able to get a job uh, out of college. And so was trying to figure out what to do. And I thought, oh, well, I will start my own business. Uh, almost certainly I'll fail at it, but at least then I'll have something that I can put on my resume that uh, you know isn't um, my GPA. And so that's, that's kind of how Data was born. And the dream of it was that the company might end up being worth a couple hundred thousand dollars and I could buy like a very fancy car. Uh, and that, that was like the original business plan was like three slides. Uh, something to that effect. And the product uh, was just a NAS device that replicated data offsite. And the thinking behind that was just that this is something that I figured out I could build. Uh, I could make work well. 
and solved a problem that I felt like uh, other people had, that if you wanted to use offsite backup, it takes a very long time for that to move offsite. And like if your laptop or something like that, if you close it or turn it off, like the data is not syncing anymore. And so having that local NAS meant you could copy data there very quickly, and then it would deal with the days and days of pushing that up through, you know, cable modem upstream bandwidth, it's very low. Yeah, so I mean, that's... That's kind of really interesting how you got started at that point. So at what point, which I guess was the the point that really sort of helped Dato stand out was when the virtualization came into it, I guess, right? Yep. So, yeah. at, what, so at what point um, did you realize that was a thing or could be a thing? So we got started and we we're just doing this NAS device thing. And then eventually um, the managed service provider market found our product and they were like, hey, we would love to resell this. And um, eventually we got so much interest there that we created a reseller program and they were just reselling the product. And at the time, uh, Zenith Infotech also existed and, and they had a pretty good following. And we were like, oh, we're, we're going to play below Zenith Infotech. We don't want to do the virtualization. But then um, we basically got to a point where we were running out of money and um, the whole business was going to go under. And so in the beginning, I funded it by running up credit card debt and ran up like $80,000 in credit card debt. And um, at that kind of last minute was like, well, maybe we'll try our hand at this virtualization thing um, as like a last ditch effort to save the company. And so that was where we built this product called Viridian, uh, which was able to do the virtualization. It was really just very much at the beginning. And so there were no bells and whistles. It was a pretty complicated process to do a restore. Um, but unbeknownst to us, apparently it was less painful uh, than using the Zenith InfoTech devices. And so that really saved the company and started to generate a bunch of traction. Uh, and that, um, that, got us on our path. And then we kept kind of iterating on that. And we created a product called Aurora that was absolutely a misfire and it, it did not work well at all. But then, you know, it's its successor, which basically used all of that technology. Imagine sort of Aurora is like, uh, you know, um, I would say Windows 8 and uh, Windows 10 uh, was Cirrus. And so we're, it was a lot of new tech, but just not put together correctly. And then we, we got to Cirrus um, which still, you know, stands as kind of Datto's um, continuity solution today. And the technology that sits behind that was really a game changer for the entire industry and the ability to spin up machines so quickly. Yeah, and that that that's really fascinating. I had no idea that the kind of the company became potentially could have ended at that point. And as you know, I'm, I know we've spoken before about we were a Zenith InfoTech partner in the UK. And I remember going to a customer site with most of my MSP, trying to do a restore, and it was taking sort of 24 hours for it to stitch the images back together. Because uh, I guess it, yeah. and I guess that's where sort of, that's kind of, a, we then saw data at an event and you were saying you do it a completely different way. And so uh, it was a relatively straightforward thing for the Datto sales guys to, or Paradian sales guys at the time, to get us to switch over to Datto because you've kind of delivered on the promise. And I guess this, it comes down to a lot of MSP products, right? MSPs sell them to end users, right? So the products have to work, otherwise it, it reflects badly on the MSP themselves and creates a world of pain. So yeah, Zenith was a bit of a nightmare for us. So yeah, I'm really glad that Datto came along to try and improve on that process. Well, thank you. Um, and I, I think... Uh, you know, for, for us and for me, like our, our work is never done. And so 
they're constantly trying to improve the product and push the limits and go further and do better. And, you know, you see that with Datto today uh, and that's just ingrained in the company culture. And so, you know, lots of people produce a product, ship it and they're done. Um, but in our case, like we're always working on like taking that next step, taking that next step um, and thinking about how we can do better. Yeah. And just a slight tangent sort of question there. Then, obviously, Datto, the product was Cirrus, which was a game changer in the industry. Uh, at some point, I guess, Alto, I'm trying to think of other products that came along, Alto and NAS and things. I mean, how do you say that you handle the transition from, I guess, being a single product company to a multi-product company? And that's and that's continued to expand with PSA, RMM, networking. and Yeah. So I, I would say the first real step into becoming a multi-product company was with Backupify. Um, and the SaaS protection offerings. Prior to that, what we did is we had Cirrus and then it was like, how do we take the same technology and re-spin it to hit different price points? Uh, and so that's where like the Alto product uh, was trying to make that more approachable, more affordable. Uh, and the NAS product like filled a different niche. Uh, and so those were all pretty much the exact same platform, just different features and functionality uh, tuned to hit a different niche. Um, but Backupify was an entirely new code base, uh, and we did that through acquisition. Um, so, uh, you know, that, that was new across many different things. And I would say that, you know, we, we definitely stumbled out of the gate. But today, uh, the SaaS protection is a huge part of Datto's business and a very successful part uh, that customers love. And so for us, it was just thinking about where is the world going and, the first time you hear the concept of SaaS protection, like it, it seems silly, um, but uh, now that where we are, like you, you really can understand the value and how SaaS is still vulnerable to ransomware just as much as kind of on-prem stuff is. And I know that when I left on a you know object basis, we did more SaaS object restores than we did file restores from data appliances. So like the idea that people want to get their data back from SaaS is not an uncommon thing. No, no, not at all. And I guess that's, you, I think you're right at the start, it probably everyone assumed incorrectly that Microsoft or Google or whoever were looking after this data for them, which um, I guess some people learned the hard way isn't necessarily the case. And it does need to be backed yeah, well, up. I mean, it's, it's very rare, like Microsoft is not going to lose your data with some high rate of frequency, but the odds that you do something that you either irreparably manipulate your data or delete it, uh, in some fashion, like it happens and it's, it's actually way easier than on the desktop to like make some massive change and all of a sudden your data is not how you want it or gone. So I guess based on the, that history of Datto and obviously it seems like a bit of a strange question because you turned out to be hugely successful in the industry, but is there anything looking back that you think you would have done differently if you could do it again? Maybe just one thing that you thought maybe, you know, maybe we should have done this or should have done that or shouldn't have done this. Um, I, I mean, there are many, many, many mistakes that I made throughout the process of building data. Uh, and we, we got to the right outcome by the efforts of thousands of people. Um, I, uh, I think I would have resourced and built DNA differently, hindsight 2020. Um, so I, I think there's definitely some product areas that I would have, you know, thought about differently and they would be in a different position today. Um, but uh, beyond that, like the, the overall outcome, I'm, I'm very, very happy with. And so like there's no part that I run and go like, oh, my gosh, like we've made some critical mistake. Um, but there is certainly opportunity to be successful in some other areas that, you know, the company didn't achieve the same level of success. And 
I, I do fault myself on like how I thought about that. Okay. Well, that's, that's very honest of you to admit. So, but I'm sure, uh, I mean, obviously it's people are, I guess, pleased to hear that um, even someone like Dato can make mistakes and it's just, just keep going and you get there in the it, end. Everyone can make mistakes. It's just yeah. a question of whether or not you're willing to talk about them. Yeah. Um, but uh, like it, I, I don't know, like making mistakes is fine. And, and honestly, just it, it comes to like how you deal with them and how you correct and get back on the same path or get back on a different path. And the idea that you can't make mistakes is, is like super unhealthy and also impossible. And so far better to get really good at dealing with mistakes than attempt to like make no mistakes whatsoever. Yeah, I may, well, maybe that's one of the best sort of key takeaways from this podcast. That's great advice. So um, switching gear slightly to the MSP market, which you say you came to and you were, um, Data has now got a product set that kind of covers lots of different MSPs. What do you think is the the future for MSPs or the future for the MSP market? There's a lot of people talking about security being the future, or is it a different thing? So how do you think MSPs need to evolve? I, I think it's two pieces. So obviously the security story is huge and like MSPs as a whole um, protect more systems than any CISO out there. Uh, and they, they have massive scope and massive number of platforms. I think the other thing is that they, they play a role in picking the SaaS that becomes successful and popular in the small business space. And so um, their role in architecting the SaaS platforms that are going to define the future is really important. Um, and I think that over time, they'll become the gateway that if you want to deliver SaaS to small business, like you need to work with MSPs. But they, they have an essential role as, as the keepers of kind of the network and the connectivity and the security of the world's small businesses and subsequently like play a huge role in enabling the SaaS technologies that those businesses are going to use. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's great to hear. We look at all the research we see as more and more SMBs now are starting to look to, I mean, obviously they're not, they're not looking for MSPs, I guess, but they're looking for someone to take on this, this hassle of this sort of sort of ever complicated IT. So I guess MSPs have got a fantastic opportunity in the future. Yeah, for sure. So we're almost out of time, actually. So one more quick question, I guess, because obviously we've spoken a little bit about Austin of the past. What is the Austin present and Austin future looking like? What are, what are you up to these days? Well, so in, in leaving Datto, I uh, pretty much can't do anything to compete with Datto. Uh, so um, I started uh, some businesses or I've been doing a bunch of different things. One is uh, investing in a whole lot of different small businesses uh, through a fund I created called Outsiders Fund. Uh, and that's been really exciting and building out a portfolio of really interesting businesses. Um, that and then uh, I'm actually running a med tech company um, that I, I did not start, but uh, it was founded by uh, somebody who went to the same university as me and saw it as like a really cool opportunity to help someone else kind of achieve the same dreams that I did. And it's it's been a really interesting journey there building out this product and getting it to market in a highly regulated environment, which is kind of a whole wild space in its own right of just what you've got to do to deliver in a regulated space. But, um, but that's been fun and an exciting new challenge and an opportunity to build a new team and learn and ultimately learn new things across the board. Well, excellent. Well, thanks. Thanks for that. I'm sure it'll be a huge success. I don't, I don't think there's much doubt so. about that. Well, that's uh, well, I'm sure it will be, but uh, also we hope to, hopefully see you in some capacity in the MSP space at some event or conference in the not too distant future. It's always good to catch up. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, so uh, thanks for your time. Thank you. 
So there you have it. That was Austin McCord. I've really enjoyed chatting to Austin, as I always do, actually. But I thought it was really interesting today, talking a little bit about mistakes and how everyone makes them. You just have to deal with them. And I know that that's sort of a, a mantra that Austin's had for as long as I can remember anyway. So uh, it's certainly something I try and take into my day-to-day life. And as I'm sure you all know, I make a lot of mistakes. So with that, I'd like to say thanks once again for listening and we'll see you next time for the next episode of Mikey Meets. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Mikey Meets podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to tell your friends about us. And if you haven't already, please subscribe on your platform of choice. For questions, feedback, or just to say hello, you can reach us on podcast at Mikey.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time.